Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. On today's episode, you're going to hear from my friend, Shelly Snitko. Shelly is a business owner, wife, mother, nana, ministry leader, and family caregiver for over 25 years. Shelly has created a group called Caring For Me Too in order to motivate, uplift, inspire, and support women to move forward in whole health, the heart, soul, mind, and body, so they can live a joyful, healthy, abundant life despite the stress and strain that care comes along with caregiving. Today, Shelly is going to share how she moved from surviving to thriving, from frazzled to flourishing. And she has a passion for coming alongside other women to share exactly how she was able to reclaim her own health and well-being as she moved from a place of feeling trapped by her circumstances to allowing God to bring victory and purpose for them. You're in for a treat. Please welcome Shelly Snitko. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and I am so excited you are joining me today. At the time of recording, it is November and it is National Caregivers Month, which shame on me, I didn't even know that was a thing. But today's guest is my friend Shelly, and she has created a community called Caring for Me Too. And it is just that it is to support those who are caring for others. And I just, she, I am one of her biggest fans. She is just an amazing woman. She's an inspiration. So welcome Shelly. Hey, I know I'm just thrilled to be here. I'm a little nervous, but I'm thrilled to be here and to share our story and what we're doing and caring for me too. Um, because it's certainly something that, um, I, I find it humorous that God saw fit to do all of this, but my desire is to really encourage and inspire and support others who are walking out this journey like I did. Yeah, that's so great. And I love how um, it's great. Shelly and I uh, work together. She's a client of mine and she, she keeps me laughing. Like she just, she keeps everything grounded Yet she's this visionary. She has these big dreams for her life and uh, she's just so inspiring. But one of the things that we talk a lot about that we kind of connected on in the beginning was um, I have quadruplets. And so, you know, I would always have those things that people would say to me that I'm like, don't say that. Don't, don't ask me if they're, you know, all natural, like, no, they're robots. You know what I mean? Like, there's just those questions that come up that get asked. And, and you had shared a few that you get asked a lot as a caregiver and share some of those with our audience, because I think they're great. They're great tips for what not to say, what not to say to a caregiver. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that people often will say, and I know they don't mean anything by it, but they're often, they should, they basically should all over the place. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's true. It's, you know, you should do this or you should do that. And, and the, and the fact is, you know, all of us 
we're, we're just doing the best. Like, for example, like you should take care of yourself or <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like you don't know that <laughs> as if I'm not already struggling with this, you know, that, that that's really helpful um, or get more sleep. And I'm thinking to myself, well, of course I would get more sleep if I wasn't up five, six, seven times during the night. Like, of course, do you think I not want more sleep? I want more sleep. Trust me, I want more sleep. Um, Or you should get out more, Mm. you know? Um, And they're not, I know that that's not said in a malicious way, but it's sort of like, you know, you just want to scream, but that's the problem. (laughs) And that's like the problem. Um, or the other one, oftentimes I get is if you need anything, call me. Mm. And honestly, I I appreciate that on one level. Um, but really what you're doing is putting the burden on the caregiver who's already kind of buried with all the burdens they're already carrying. And, and so it's, it's sort of like, okay, well, first of all, I can't define what I need. If I could, maybe I would be able to do that. You know, so all of those things are running through your head. And so um, I think it's more helpful if you can actually specifically say, I would love to bring a meal to you. Can I do it on this night? See, now you're taking the burden off of the caregiver. And I know that people don't realize that, but that's literally uh, what they're doing. Or when someone tells me, don't feel guilty. Like if I do actually open up and I start telling them, Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like telling them, you know, that the sun's not going to come up tomorrow. The fact is they feel guilt all the time. I mean, mom guilt, every mom feels guilt, right? When the caregiver though, is they're always trying to solve problems. They're always trying to ease the hurt. So it's basically like telling them not to do something that's going to come natural to them. And when they actually do get out and do something, then they're carrying around guilt because they put a burden on someone else. Mm. And so to tell them not to feel that, well, that's a natural feeling, but they have to get over it because they need to get out. They need some space too. So that's one of them. Or the other one is I could never do what you do. I don't know how you do it. Well, first off, I didn't choose it. I didn't stand in the line and say, pick me, pick me. I would love to live this life. Right. Um, But what the caregiver is actually hearing when you say that is, boy, I'm sure glad that is in my life. Your life sucks. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, that's not what you're saying. And I get that. So please hear my heart. But none of us can do what we do. Really? Yeah, it's not like we picked it. We're doing it. Because that's what you do. That's right. That's what you do. Or boy, you're a saint. God really knew what he was doing when he chose you to be AJ's parents. Well, first off, I am not a saint. Mm. Trust me, in the midst of all this, the last thing I am is a saint. But the other thing I know, or is God, or they'll come to you and say, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Which is a line of garbage. That's it is garbage, Shelly. You're garbage. accurate. That is 100% totally. garbage. <laughs> it's 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 like, first off, yeah, actually he does. He does. He does because it keeps you humble. It keeps you dependent. 
you know, he's the source of the strength, you know? So when you say that you're basically what happens to me, I can't speak for all caregivers, but my guess is it does. It shuts you down. Mm. It shuts you down because the fact is it is more than I can handle every day is more than I can handle. Or when something comes in and disrupts my day, which is every day, it's more than I can handle. So I'm having to live, breathe, and walk this thing out called, I can do nothing apart from him. Yeah. Literally, literally. So I feel like sometimes those things, though I understand the heart and I try to pull back, they're dismissive and, um, and the caregivers hearing something different than what you're saying. That's right. That that's so true. And it's, you know, again, we've talked about this before is that as, as a mom of quads, I get those, those questions a lot too. Like, Oh, this must be fun. I'm like, what's your definition of fun? This is hard. (laughs) Um, this isn't what I do for fun. I don't mom six kids for fun. You know, like I love them. Yes, absolutely. But fun. Nope. That's Mm-mm, not how I would qualify it. Yeah, no, 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 totally. But Shelly, when you're working with somebody who is a caregiver and who is just burnt out, you know, you, you deal with a lot of women who just kind of feel frazzled and hopeless. And, you know, they are dealing with those elements of guilt and um, maybe even some, they take on some shame for wanting more out of their life. And, and, you know, we both know the financial strain that can come. And so what are some of the things that you have done that you help others navigate through to kind of overcome those challenges that caregivers face? Well, I think the first thing, um, I know for myself, I spent a lot of years living in denial, Mm. um, uh, not really owning those feelings, um, not legitimizing them, um, really almost questioning my faith because I was having them. Wow. Um, yeah, because you're like, oh, you know, and then you're hearing those things from people. So then you're again, kind of internalizing and it, it just compounds it. And so one of the things that I feel like is so important is I had to get to that place where one, I understood that I was living in this constant state of going from crisis to crisis. Mm. Um, and, and then getting honest with my own emotions. Like I, I've gotten to this place where I am, I am sad. You know, we try to avoid them. We try to actually just push them down because if I remember saying to someone one time is don't ask me how I'm doing, because if I actually have to say mm. anything other than fine, I'm probably going to have a complete meltdown right now because I, I was pushing the feelings down yeah. and I honestly got to the point where I didn't know if people really wanted to know or if that was just a social question, you asked, how are you? How are you? Right. Right. And so, um, but I realized what I was doing was I was one, pushing them down into denial because I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth to deal with them. Hmm. And if I had to deal with them, then I was really going to be like 
a hot mess. So I think that's the first thing is you've got to get honest. Yeah. You've got to get honest and start allowing yourself to feel those feelings instead of feeling guilty or shameful or all the things that we try to do. The other thing is, is to stop asking the why me question. Mm, Yeah. Um, To stop to stop. First of all, you know, I, um, I think it's Chuck Swindoll has this quote about, um, you know, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% your response to it. Totally. And so to be stuck in that 10% of why me life's happening to me, um, you know, you're, you're really kind of in that victim mode. And so go for me, one of the big things was to stop asking the why me. Um, because the bottom line is life isn't fair. That's right. That's right. It's just not. And and so the sooner we can get to that place of of just being able to go and, and allow ourselves to feel the feels, you know, um, I think that is a big deal. Because what I found by not doing that is I was becoming unaware, but I was becoming hard. Mm. I was becoming bitter. Yeah. I was becoming more and more discouraged. So I was actually not moving forward. I was actually going deeper into this place where, um, you know, life really was happening to me. That's right. That's right. It's so, um, I love when you're talking about the suppression, you know, pushing those feelings down, um, actually am writing about that in my, my new book, but I talk, I compare it to, like I say, suppression leads to depression, like every single time that you continue to suppress those feelings. But I talk about it like it's a, a dirty, sweaty sock shoved down in your, you know, gym bag that you forget about. And it just begins to permeate and get gross and moldy. And like, you're, when you suppress feelings like that, you are causing this mold to grow in your spirit. You know, you're allowing that to just kind of take over and this darkness begins to fill you from the inside out. And so Shelly, what, what do you help your clients with? Like, how do you help them remove the sweat sock? Like, how do you help them get through that? Uh, that's a great visual. Actually. I love that visual. I, I would have never thought of that, but, um, that's actually great because that is exact. I mean, it does, it gets, it stinks. It does. Yeah, it it does. And the fact is, you know, you're living in that kind of stink place, but you don't know how to get out. Yeah. Like it's, it's a stuckness Mm -hmm. that you just really don't know. And so what, what I found for myself was first of all, I had to understand that my heart had become hard. Yeah. I had to understand that one, my responses, though maybe normal, right, were not healthy. That's right. And so I had to, you know, I had to own that. Like even the divided heart, you know, I had this hard, wounded heart that was unaware of what I was doing, right? Right. But then I also had this divided heart because I was trying to, by suppressing the feelings, you know, you got to do something because the thing is about suppressing feelings, you're not suppressing just the bad ones. Yeah. You're also suppressing, you're not feeling the good ones either. Like everything, all emotion is getting 
pushed down yeah. to where you're sort of this flat yeah. line. And so what I want people to do is first recognize it, mm-hmm. recognize it for what it is, yeah. and, and then to start doing the work. And so I, I liken that to, you know, when you're, um, you know, my husband's a gardener. And we have blueberry bushes and we have this garden, but every spring you have to prep the soil yeah, because the soil becomes hardened Mm. over, over the season. Right. And so for me, that meant really kind of plowing up that hard ground because seeds are still falling on your life, especially as a believer. I mean, I was in church. I led Bible studies, did all the things. So the seeds are happening, but when your heart is hard and wounded and things are pushed down, you have to recognize that those seeds aren't taking root. They can't thrive. They're not, but weeds can. Right. Right. So unfair. (laughs) Yes. It's so unfair. And so it's recognizing those things in your life that are weeds, you know, so you're plowing up this hardened ground, right? So you're getting to the bottom of things Yeah. and it's really messy Mm -hmm. and it really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to go there, but that's exactly where we need to go because in ignoring the wounds, does nothing as a matter they're still there people (laughs) they're still there exactly and ignoring you know or the hurt or the the different things they they're developing a life of their own yeah yeah you know those they're going deep and they're leading to entanglements and it says in hebrews throw off right those things and we want to Right. We want to like logically, like you were talking about logically, you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be feeling this way. I need to be able to live my life, but then right. that's just, not- but you don't allow yourself the, the space to go into that place. And so that's where I want to be able to provide a space that says, Hey, we're going to move forward though. We're yeah. not just going to wallow here. That's right. Yeah. I do think you need to feel the fields and yeah. stuff, but there's a difference in feeling the fields feeling the feels, I mean, to move forward or just feeling them to, you know, just sit there. Right. Create more of that pity, you know, oh, woe is me. (laughs) Yes. And, and, you know, there's nothing productive comes from that. I mean, and and trust me, I did enough of that on my own. Mm. Yeah. I did enough of that solo. As a matter of fact, that actually put me into a trap. Mm. To where I felt really like, you know, like I'm in a cage and I can't get out. The problem with that is that the whole time the cage doors open. Right. It is, you know, Um, and we're just trying to find that way out. And so it's getting to that place going, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, it's disappointment. It is not at all what it looked like. I think when you surrender those unmet expectations, and I see that in relationship, I see that in everything, right? Everything. This is just one more of those things. This is not how I, my life is supposed to look. Right. Even in the, like we had different surgeries that didn't pan out for AJ quite the way we thought we put, you know, we had these expectations. It looked like this was going to be the answer. Right. And it wasn't. 
And so every time that happens, I think you have to recognize it and realize that you don't go deeper. And so that's the hardened part. So we're going to plow that stuff up. We're going to dig up the rocks. We're going to, you know, we're going to uproot the weeds, yeah. right? Recognize them for what they are. Right. And a lot of times the interesting thing about that is, is it's not really the disability. It's not really that AJ has dystonia as a movement disorder. And it, it, it's not those things. It's my response to them. Yeah. It's actually the sickening thing. Yeah, that's happened over time, or my inability to control it. And then we're going to find ways to nourish the soil. Yeah, because for seeds to thrive for my life to thrive. It's real important. What's going in? What are you fertilizing? You know, not ignoring that aspect of life. And then, you know, continuing to plant seeds, you know, cultivate the growth, all the things. Those are the the main steps that I walked through. Yeah. But I think the key step that you cannot avoid is the plowing up the hard soil right. and actually stepping in. That's transformation is messy, always has been. Right. Um it, it just is. And but you have so, to go there. That's right. And it's hard. And people want they want to experience the other side. They want to experience the being transformed, but they don't want to go through the transformation process. And I remember hearing the story of a little boy who had found a cocoon and, you know, he was watching it in his room and he could tell that it was, it was just, the butterfly was just starting to come out and kind of poke through the cocoon a little bit. And he went and he got some scissors to cut out the cocoon so the butterfly could come out. Well, because he did that, the butterfly never developed the strength in its wings to be able to fly. Right. And it's just like, oh man, that that's really what happens. And it's hard when you're in that, that victim mentality that you were talking about that, oh, woe is me. And, and people come up to you and you're like, this is making you so strong. And you're like, I don't want to be strong. <laughs> again it's like I didn't sign up for this this isn't what happened and with you like AJ wasn't born with that right it happened later yeah yeah and so it was a big kind of shock and I remember like when I was taking care of my dad I remember being in that toxic mindset of thinking like are you kidding me I have now one more thing I have to do I have one more person I have to care for and it was just it's, it's almost this deception that kind of clouds everything that the enemy puts in front of you. It's this big smoke screen, you know, he's like, Hey, look at the problem. Look at the problem. Look at the problem. Look at the problem. And God's saying, no, no, no. Look at me. Look at me. So talk a little bit about, um, kind of how your, your faith journey evolved and what are some, some things that, that meant a lot to you and allowed you to focus back where you needed to focus. Um, well, I mean, I've always been a, a woman, well, not always, but I, there was journeys that happened prior to all this. So I had the foundational component and really had already entrusted and surrendered my heart to the Lord in my marriage, restoration, all the things. So when this came, you know, I remember sitting, I remember coming from the hospital, I was in Children's in Denver, crying, you know, 
in the midst of the storm, right? And I actually had to pull off because I was crying so hard. I couldn't even see, you know, the wipers are going and my eyes are going both. And I remember listening to a song about the sun will come out tomorrow. And so, you know, you even in that journey, I had ideas of what God had mm. instead of being fully surrendered to what God had. I'm like, oh, okay. So you mean this is only going to last for a season. Okay. We're going to get through it. This is good. You know, and, and you know what I've learned over the years about that is God's grace is sufficient. Yeah. It, 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 it is abundant, yeah. but it's abundant for the day's need. I can't store it up just like I couldn't store up man in the old Testament. I can't store it up for the next thing. And so, um, for me, this journey has been this ongoing one. It's sort of that, okay, God, I'm out of the boat. I'm looking at you and every single time. And that's why I love that verse. I fix my eyes on Jesus, right. the author and perfecter of my faith. It's it's up on the wall. It's 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 one because what I know to be true is as soon as I take my eyes off of him and I focus on all of the things, the circumstances, you know, um, the even the pity party I'm having for myself, or the interruptions to my day, which are every day, or you know, I I can't. Yeah. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I, and then all of a sudden I hear that voice going, or I feel the hand grabbing because see, he yelled for help. Yeah. He, but he didn't even, you know, honestly, Christ would have reached down and grabbed Peter. Yeah. With whether he yelled for it or not, it's just who he is. Yeah. Um, but getting off of your circumstances and fixing your eyes on him yeah. that I know that's, that's all I know. Yeah. That's all I know yeah. is that every single time he's met me in that place. When I put things on God that aren't necessarily part of his plan, like, Oh, you're going to use this surgery and it's going to fix the problem. Right. And then my life's going to be normal. And I'm going to be able to go on and do the things that you've called me to. Right. Like as if this isn't what he's called me to, right? right? Like right. <laughs> now I can get on with it. You know, like let's just get on with the show. Right. Okay. What lessons am I supposed to learn in this? You right. know, like, and he's like, okay, well, this is ongoing. Um, and and maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'm actually calling you to share this. Yeah. with others and and that that's that is the thing that's going to draw others that that you know because we dealt with that too right. when AJ got sick you know mind you we I, I won't get into that today but we had some history there on some screw-ups in our marriage and and stuff and I remember thinking to myself well this happened this is a consequence of our sin we brought this on oh my god blah 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 and I remember the verses in scripture. No, this happened. You, you know, God hasn't taken it away. That's right. But God is very much glorified. Yeah. As we live this thing out. Yeah. You know, by faith. That's right. You know, faith against, you know, or hope against hope. Right. You know, um, so not sure I answered your question. Yeah, no, you did. <laughs> you did. Absolutely. 
And I love that because it, it's so true. It is in our human nature to have this, the sense of hope that this thing is going to work that, that this time, if this, then this, you know, I'll be happy as soon as, as I can acquire this, as soon as this happens. And that's not how the kingdom of heaven works. <laughs> it's just not, but it's, it's what we are saturated with. It's what we're exposed to day after day, after day, after day. And what I love about the community that you are really growing and it's, it's starting to grow rapidly because people need it, you know, more and more people are, are wanting that help and that like, okay, I need somebody who's walked this out before, you know, here it is with seeing doctors with my dad's Alzheimer's and just like, yep. Okay. Well this medicine, you know, it's black box label and you know, it, who knows? And you're like, what? Like, you just feel like, are you kidding me? I, that was supposed to be it. He was supposed right. to take this medicine and that would help. And then life would be better and life would be back to normal and life would be what you wanted it to be, Lord, <laughs> you know? And it's just, it is, it's that illusion that we paint for ourselves because we're so inundated with, with these immediate glorifications, these gratifications, not glorifications, these immediate right. gratifications. And that, again, is not how the kingdom works, but what I love about the community that you're building is that it is kingdom focused because you know that you've tried other ways and you're not where you are today because of those. You're where you are today because you're like, okay, none of that worked. <laughs> like None of that was sustainable. It's me and you, Lord. Like at the end of the day, you are my hope. It's not in anything else. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those there's so many verses uh, about hope. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, it, you know, even the strongest individual at times is confronted with feelings of hopelessness, right? We, we all go in there. Um, I think it's uh, Catherine Martin. I, one of the Bible studies I did years ago, she has an acronym that says holding on with patient endurance. Mm. And, and that actually, actually rubbed me the wrong way initially. Cause I'm like, yeah, people will always say to me, you are so incredibly patient. You're so incredibly patient. Well, actually, no, I'm actually incredibly impatient. <laughs> Um, this is, I'm probably more patient now. I, I guess I can own that to some extent, like, yeah, but it's been through the hard knocks school. Like I didn't learn patience because I was like born with a bunch of right. it. I learned it because eventually you hope you're going to learn some of these things to be more patient or you'll really probably pull all your hair out of your head and go completely bonkers. Yeah. Um, but so when I heard this holding on with patient endurance one nobody wants to be an endurance race mm. nobody nobody wants that but that's exactly what's happening is you're holding on for freaking dear life right you know for one so it's a very beautiful picture to me of what hope is because our hope is anchored in a person. It's not anchored in medicine. It's not anchored in a circumstance. It's not anchored in the circumstance being taken away. It's actually anchored in the very thing that is our, that is our faith. Right. Right. 
it, it it's ex- you know Christ died right that we could live that's right and that's that is what everything that is the steady sure fat you know all of those things that's where my anchor is and that's where my hope comes from and when I lose perspective and I do sure. like we all do, we all do. Um, that I'm reminded no 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 okay you're starting to put your hope in yeah. um you know like this medicine working yeah. or you know I mean in our world got rocked this year you know AJ had a health issue I mean everything we've known about his disease to this point has been rocked and what once worked isn't working mm-hmm. anymore so we can't even go based on a history right based on experience on experience yeah. right we're ha- it's all new yeah again and yet God is faithful and he's saying trust Here me too. yeah yeah I'm in that too yeah. you know um so yeah that's that's I think um now I lost track of your question. That's part of being 64. It's gone. <laughs> See, you blame age and I'm like, nope, that's just life. That's how I am all the time. I'm like, wait. I'm like, oh gosh, I hope I wasn't. If you'd seen the movie Up, I hope I wasn't having a squirrel moment because I that happens to me. I get on these squirrel. Yeah, and I'm we over all here. do. We all do. Man, and it it it's so true. I love, I love that needing to anchor your hope and, and who Christ is and what he did for us and, and the power of the resurrection. Um, mm-hmm. I heard recently, you know, and I had always agreed cause I had heard it. I heard somebody pray it a long, long time ago. And then like, that was the like power prayer I would do, you know, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, like that was the thing. That and then, the thing. um, just recently though, I either read about it or heard it on something, but it was talking about like, but there was the resurrection. Like that's the power was of the resurrection. And we, we so focus on the symbol of the cross and the death and, and all of that. And I'm like, that's, that's not the end of the story. Thank the goodness. best part is the resurrection. And so it just totally, you know, slapped me across the face. Like no daughter, there's so much more. And so I, you know, I think about, when we're in these hard times, when we're, when we're struggling, when we're suffering, when we're in that moldy gym bag, <laughs> you know, yeah. Inside, like, life. Yeah. that, that mindset, that mentality that has to go to the cross. Oh, a hundred percent. So that you can, so that, so that you can manifest that power that is ours as, you know, believers in Christ, like we are given that authority. We are given that promise of the resurrection power within us because we have the Holy spirit within us. That's right. like, that's where it comes from. That's what we have to tap into. And I, I love that you lead with your heart. I love that you make your community such a safe place for these women to come. And there's, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. There's, there's really n- no story that you haven't experienced or heard yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, so often people are afraid to come forward and talk about like, I, I don't want to take care of so-and-so anymore. You know, like I want to live my life and you've heard that and you've lived that and you've been able to now help people get through that because you see that it is what it is. It's this, it's this lapse. It's this mindset shift and and you are able to 
walk women through that without shame, without fear, without confusion, without feeling weak, and you empower them with what Christ has empowered you. And I just, I love that about you. I love how you serve your community. So Shelly, um, I like to do a like rapid fire round of questions and they're just fun questions. <laughs> so no, <laughs> I didn't prep her for this guy. So it's totally like, <laughs> look on her face. is just like, ah! <laughs> but I love it. They're just, they're, they're simple questions. Okay. You ready? It's just answer off the top of your head as fast as you can. Cause there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, we get to know you a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Beach vacation or mountain vacation? Oh, wow. Well, right lately, because we live so close to the beach, it's beach. But we also do love the mountains because there's something tranquil about that. But I don't know. I kind of like the sun and the warmth of the sun. So I would say beach. So true. So true. Okay. Um, What is your favorite meal? Favorite meal? (laughs) When I'm eating healthy, my favorite (laughs) I love a good chicken pot pie. Honestly, Mm. I love a good chicken pot pie. So I've pulled this recipe now where it's cauliflower crust. We'll see if it pales in comparison right? right. um, because I make a pretty mean chicken pot pie, but there's just something that's totally Southern comfort food right there. Absolutely. I'm a Yankee, but that's a totally Southern comfort food right there. So there you go. It's so funny that you said pot pie because um, several years ago, I think Jack was too. So it was probably eight years ago. We hosted a student from Italy and it was, I don't know, maybe four days. And she was going to the university of Georgia to experience some, you know, language and all that, but she, we were her host home and they had prepped us. They were like, um, you know, they don't really drink coffee. They drink espresso in the morning. So don't make them a big cup of coffee. And they were like, but one of the things that we want you to do with your student is to make dinner for them like so they can experience what an american dinner is <laughs> well sometimes it's a tea dinner it's spaghetti like i could compare to an italian <laughs> but then the second night i was like no i gotta get more, more american than that come on and i made chicken pot pie and she in her thank you letter after she left she just raved about the chicken pot pie. <laughs> that was the best thing about her whole trip <laughs> was chicken pot pie see i'm telling you there's something about chicken it's, pot so pie. Good. it's so good <laughs> what is your favorite date night well you know what any honestly every night, yeah any night i'm away with chris is like the best time ever um right now we are absolutely loving going golfing Oh, cool. On a date night, um, especially there's some really beautiful golf course out here and watching the sun go down and then just we take a walk. So like the other day, we went to the botanical gardens and just walked around Mm. and we talked and we dream and, you know, we grumble and (laughs) we do all things right. But um, that those are those are some of my more precious times of, of doing things. I love that. We're the same way. We're like, we just want to get out. Can we just get out of the house? That's a great date. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that walking out the door, you know, you, you, you try to contain yourself like a, whoop, whoop, 
right, right. right. <laughs> Don't like, call me. I'm out of here. <laughs> Take care of everything because I'm done. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite Bible character? Oh, boy. You, you know, honestly, sometimes I think I wrote, well, Job, I, I, it's not my favorite. I hate Job. Um, but I, <laughs> So should ask that one, <laughs> but I love what he stands for. But, um, you know, Joseph, he faced a lot of adversity. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think of all of the years, see, we, we only look at Joseph here. You know, he was a dreamer. And I, the reason I love that is because somewhere in my journey, I lost the ability to dream, mm. you know, and, and he was unapologetic yeah. about his dreams. Yeah. I mean, he was a little bit arrogant about him too, but, but you don't want that, but, but the dreamer in him didn't die yeah. or, or maybe he did struggle with it and was reawakened. I don't know, but that that's probably right now, one that I can relate a little bit with, because I feel like the dreamer in me is, is been awakened again. And that to me is a sign of healing. Yes. Amen. Oh, I love that so much. We all, we all could use a little like uh, electricity back in our dream life. You know, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So this is the final question. And I ask everybody this, but all throughout scripture, we're, you know, reading several verses about like everything that's going wrong, right? Like, Oh, this happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. And then the very next verse is capital B, but God, but. right. And then it, I, it, but God. I know, but God moments are my favorite. So Shelly, Share with us your favorite, but God moment in your life. Um, probably it's, it's this whole journey that I have been on because, you know, the enemy means so many things for evil and, and, and the, the years of, of kind of being in that hardened state unaware, unaware, I mean, Trust me, I was in the word doing all the things, right? So, but unaware. So I think for me, it's, well, uh, there's a, a verse, several verses. I have them all over the place here right now. But one of them is James. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. The joy eluded me for a long time living in that place of disappointment. So the biggest, but God for me is, is he's restores the joy, right? And so it continues for, you know, that your faith is tested. It stirs up the power of endurance. And then as endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Yes. Amen. There it's such a big, but God, because it, it hits on those points, you know, it hits on the endurance that we struggle because we we're pretty sure we can't. That's right. And he shows us he can. Yeah. And, and then the, the joy yeah. that comes, you know, and, and, and then the strength. Yeah. So those, and nothing's missing, nothing's lacking. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's, yeah. So that would be my big, but God right now. I love it. I just, I so see that image, you know, yes, God is on his throne, but it, he's not just up there. Like, 
oh, peasants, you know, like he's rolling up his sleeves. Like he is in it with us. You know what I mean? And I love, I love hearing but God moments because I just have this, this image of the almighty father up there, like pulling his sleeves up, getting ready to go to battle for us. And I love it. So Shelly, thank you so much for joining me today. And what is a way that the audience can connect with you? We'll link everything in the show notes, but but how can people become a part of your community or refer somebody that they know as a caregiver into your community? Well, definitely. I mean, first you can reach me on Shelly Snitko, right? I'm on Facebook, uh, Living Out Loud, but my Caring For Me Too page, it's a free group. It's for anyone. Please invite the caregivers in your life to that group. You know, it is really, it's a faith-based health and wellness community uh, where we're constantly adding value to that. We bring people on to talk and share their stories uh, because I want it to be a place where we can be real and authentic. Um, but also a place that growth is happening. Yeah, right. It, it, you know, that it's we not are a party zone, people. Yeah. Like, go there. Yes. To, it, it is to there. uplift and inspire, encourage, support, you know, walk beside. Yeah. But we're heading in a direction. That's right. And it's forward. We've yeah. been here long enough. That's right. Amen. You know? So, so that's that. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm a coach as well. And so I can walk people through, this is, this is the old Shelly. This is where she is. This is yeah. how I went from point A to point B and doing all of the heart work, basically doing the heart work. Um, and then the whole health, because I honestly believe whole health is physical, spiritual, you know, mental, emotional, and social. Right. And so we, um, we coach to that as well. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Shelly. Have a blessed day. And everybody remember that the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.